Well, good morning, Attridge Online. Uh, my name is Kevin, and I serve here as the site pastor. And welcome to the first Advent. Like we've said, Advent is a time of of hopeful anticipation, waiting, and preparation, because we celebrate the Advent that Jesus is coming. So today, as we get into this series of of faces of Advent, we're going to be looking at uh, various different characters who and how they celebrate the coming of Jesus as they waited. Simeon and Anna are two people that we're going to look at today as our faces of hope. Both of them waited a long time, faithfully, to meet the Messiah, the Savior of the world. They knew he was coming and that they were among some of the first to meet the Savior. Before we get into their story, we're going to get into a different story, and and I feel like it's okay to share stories in parables because that's how Jesus taught. So I'm going to share a story, and for some of you, you're going to have to use your imagination. It's going to be a little bit challenging. For some of you, it's going to be your reality, and it's not going to be hard at all to imagine uh, this story. So imagine, if you will, there's a family, and they are awaiting their oldest son to return from his first semester at college. It's Christmas, and he's coming home, finally, after a long semester, and this family has missed their oldest son, their oldest brother, greatly. Unfortunately, his flight is coming in extremely late, and the younger siblings are all begging their parents, can we please stay up? Can we please go with you to the airport? But the parents, in their wisdom, respond with, no, the wait is just too long for you. You need to go to sleep. But you can see them in the morning when you wake up. So, simple story, but it's the story uh, that many in Israel would have identified with. And it's also a story for us today. And I'll explain that as we go. So keep in mind that story, and I'm going to introduce to you Simeon and Anna. There's a man in Jerusalem called Simeon. He was righteous and devout and waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. So unlike Anna, Simeon isn't introduced by his family. Some traditions believe that Simeon was the son of the famous Rabbi Hillel, and the father of Gamaliel, who became an influential leader in the Sanhedrin. So, in other words, this person, Simeon, was a super credible witness who was likely extremely well-known in that day. Simeon was also known to have the Spirit of God on him. The Holy Spirit back in that day was revealed differently before Pentecost, it was the Spirit was upon specific people at a specific time or at a specific place. It wasn't just everyone who followed Jesus that was filled with the Spirit. The Holy Spirit being on someone meant that they were speaking for God. It was a way of identifying Simeon with the prophets. For example, Isaiah 61, Isaiah says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. So Simeon wasn't just credible. He was a credible spiritual leader in Israel. It says Simeon longed for the consolation, the comfort of Israel. 
The consolation of Israel for a Jew would go right back to Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 3, back to the time of Abraham when the Lord said to him, I will make your name great, and through you all nations of the earth will be blessed. And then that was reaffirmed to Isaac, and that was reaffirmed to Jacob. And still later, God told Moses that one day a great prophet would come and be like any other prophet before him. And then still later, God promised David a son who would reign on his throne forever. And then still later, he promised through Isaiah that a son would come and be born of a virgin, and that his name would be Emmanuel, God with us. And then still later, Micah predicted that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. From generation to generation, these promises were passed down from father to son, from mother to daughter, from family to family, the older to the younger. And Jewish children were taught to pray for the Messiah's appearance. And so by the time you get to the first century, you have all these centuries of built-up expectation of the Messiah coming. And you have the Roman oppressors clamping down on them. Many of Anna and Simeon's friends and family would have died under Roman occupation, never seeing the fulfillment of God's promise. But it had been revealed to Simeon that he would not die before seeing the Lord's Messiah. Now, after all those years, after centuries and centuries of waiting, all God's promises were coming true as Simeon gets to hold the Messiah in his arms. So let's go back to that first story that I shared about the son coming home from school and the parents saying to their kids, sorry, you can't stay up. You need to go to sleep. And so in that story, we picture one by one the kids marching off to bed. It's not fair, says David. I wanted to see the horn of salvation. It's not fair, says Malachi. Let me see the son of righteousness. And then... The parents say to Simeon, hey, Simeon, you you don't need to go to sleep. You get to see the arrival of your oldest brother. And the same goes for Anna. Anna, you also get to see the arrival of your oldest brother. So Anna is is just as credible of a witness. Her family is stated, probably because she isn't as well known as, as Simeon, but her credibility actually seems to come more from her story of faithfulness. So she's married for only seven years. They were married quite young back then, married for seven years. And then it's not actually clear whether she was a widow for 84 years or until she was 84. But some would say that she actually was a widow for 84 years, which puts her well over 100 years old. Regardless of of the timeline of the interpretation there, her husband had died a long time ago. And she lived as a prophetess and a fixture in the temple. An image of faithfulness and one who called others to remain faithful. I I picture Anna in in the temple as as someone who's basically as familiar as the paint on the walls. Her presence at the temple is a foregone conclusion to anyone who comes as they arrive. You know, to the the left you'll see the gates and then straight ahead of you you'll, you'll definitely see the temple mount and then by the right over to the right, just by the, by the wall, you know, the third mat, you know, with the, what, there's a little, the, the brick with the chip in it. Yeah, right there, every day, 
you just know that Anna is going to be sitting there, worshiping, fasting, praying for the redemption of Israel, this faithful woman who is constantly present. She's identified as a prophet, and safe to say that like Simeon, she knew by the prompting of the Spirit that this was the Messiah. So at 84 years old or over 100 years old, however old she was, there were many life experiences that were behind her. And I wonder, I wonder with Anna if, if there were days where, even as a faithful prophetess, that she may have grown weary. Like the children in our story who are waiting for their older brother to get home. Or like kids on Christmas Eve sitting through that extra long pastoral prayer before in church. Just, all they want to do is, is get home and open presents. Sorry to all the kids out there for those long prayers. Like a weary society waiting for a vaccine, waiting for restrictions to, leave, to, to, to lift. For weary Toronto Maple Leafs fans waiting for a Stanley Cup. Had to throw that in. Anna was familiar, definitely, with waiting. As, a faith, as faithful, devout Jews, both her and Simeon would have known very clearly the prophet Isaiah. And they likely would have clung to Isaiah chapter 40. They would have known it well. Isaiah chapter 40 says this. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that your hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord to make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low, the rough ground shall become level. The rugged place is a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all the people will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. This is a promise of the coming Messiah. And now we too wait, not for Christ's first coming, but we wait for his return. And yet, just like the kids in our story, Many are told to go to sleep, that they can meet Jesus when they wake up in the morning. See, for those who follow Jesus, death is simply like a sleep. When a follower of Christ dies on earth, we believe they arise, they wake up with Christ. To those who have recently lost loved ones, I want to remind you this morning that they were simply like the kids that were told that they couldn't stay up. And even if we say, oh, it's, it's not fair, why do, why do they have to go to bed? It was time to go to sleep. And we have many in our congregation over this, this, even this past pandemic who didn't get to see Christ's return. And maybe we'll be included in that list as well. To honor some of those people, I want to I just list them off of some of our, our older brothers and sisters who ended up not 
being able to see Christ's return here on earth. But when they wake up, they will see Jesus. Erwin Siemens, Vygosen, John Cron, David Bergen, Frank Wilms, Roy Ardell, Margaret Veach, Anne Kerpau, and, and many other saints. You know that I'm, I'm not going to get them all. You have many other family members out there that, uh, that you also miss and love dearly who are told to go to sleep before the Lord returns. But as we hope in Jesus, we can be assured that when they wake in the morning, they will see him. We will see him. We don't know when he is coming, but we wait and we hope. Anna was one of the lucky ones. Her and Simeon were like the kids who got to go to the airport. They got to stay up late. They got to meet Jesus before they died. And meeting Jesus freed Simeon to say, now dismiss your spirit, dismiss your servant in peace. In other words, after a late night at the airport, the satisfied child is saying to the father, I'm ready to go to sleep. I want to make sure we don't miss this modern day parallel. We too are waiting for Jesus. But at this time, it is his second coming. Advent isn't just remembering back to Jesus' first coming. Advent prepares us for his return. And hopefully, the Lord will return here in our lifetime. And I pray that we will be like Simeon and Anna, faithful siblings who get to see Jesus come. But I also recognize that many of us right now are weary. Many of us are tired. And we don't know when the Lord will come, or when restrictions will be lifted, or when the Leafs will win the cup. Or when family members will turn in their ways and there will be reconciliation. Many people have lost hope. So take a minute and regardless, think through what are you weary of? What are you waiting for? What is it for you that you just long for right now? In relationships, in your business, in your family. And as you think about those, I want to read the end. Before I read the beginning of Isaiah 40, and now I want to read to you the end of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28 and following. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary, and he increases the power of the weak. Even youth grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. As I was uh, working on this message, I gained even more appreciation for our seniors. Many were involved in building this building, but more importantly, many were involved in setting the foundation of this church. So to our seniors who have been faithfully present over the many years, I want to say thank you. 
Although us younger ones might take you for take, although some younger ones might take you and your faith for granted, you may be overlooked, like the color of the walls. To us, you are pillars of faith. I've missed seeing many of you, and recognize that when we were together, I often just ran past you. But I see that many of our seniors, like Anna, I see their faithful presence. And I'm thankful for the quiet influence that you've had on us. Your examples that you can actually follow Jesus for 90 plus years. That that is actually possible when the rest of us could feel like it's time to just give up. One of the commentators I was reading through this says this, Sometimes our most productive years in spiritual service for God come after our most productive years of earthly toil. So for Anna, even at an old age, her prayers and her faithfulness were recognized by God. And I want to encourage those of you who are seniors, especially those of you who are watching this somehow from care homes, I want to invite you to continually pray and remember that your faithfulness is recognized by God. Your prayers are heard by God. And that you are still in spiritual service. You're part of this community even when we are separated. So one of the things that we're going to do through this series, The Faces of Advent, is highlight the faces of various different people in various different ministries. And so each week we're going we're gonna to look at a different one. Some of the people that maybe we haven't seen due to the pandemic and so this week we thought, with the, with the story in mind, we thought that it was appropriate to highlight some of our seniors, both past and present. And so we're going to watch a video now of uh, some of our seniors as a remem- rem- way to remember our congregation together. As you see them, please pray for them. <laughs> 